That's a Shame is brought to you by the people who support us over at patreon.com slash shamecity. If you have a dollar, two dollars, a dollar to spare, join us again at patreon.com slash shamecity. Please. Hello and welcome back to That's a Shame. How are you doing? I'm Isaac. And how are you doing, Declan? <laughs> I'm doing okay. The first, how are you doing? I did mean it for you, but then I realised I hadn't said your name and I didn't remember if, if I do introduce you or if you introduce yourself. It's okay. So I know, now it's for the audience. I know that you like to keep both me and the listener on our collective audio toes. Yeah, your, your collective audio tenterhooks, I prefer. Um, life good, is it? Um, life is it's life. Great. It's great. Oh, oh it's Ex- great. Explain this decision that you've made here. Declan has brought a pint glass of just God's own still water to the show today. Now, for many, that wouldn't be an unusual choice but for, for an us, hour where they're speaking. We're normally boozing it up in the pod booth. I don't know if people can always tell that. No. I think we sound very sober. sober uh, not in, in every just sense. the sense of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've brought this today because we've got one one hell of a show. Have we? We have. Okay. And when I say one, mm-hmm. it's the number one, because this is part one of one hell of a two-part two-show show. That's insane. I've not seen anything like it since, well, we've never done that. Uh, no, not no, really. Never. Not once. So, uh, so I have been doing, seriously. yeah, I've been doing hella research for this. There's a um, kind of reverence about you today, like a sort of priestly figure. Well, priests... They've seen the face of God. Yeah, that's true. All of them. And I think that that probably, I can't say for myself, having never seen it, mm-hmm. I would say it probably irrevocably changes a man. I'm certain and it would. I've gazed upon something not quite as divine, mm-hmm. but something which from now on, my life will likely be divided into before and after. Oh, Okay. So I don't know what it is. And Declan's really kept me in the dark. Usually, in a sense. The way that we approach discovering content that we're not going to tell the other one about because getting the reaction is part of the idea is that we'll have like a key word. So like I'd say, Oh, I found something funny for the show. And Declan can be like, what's the key word? And I'd say it was ghosts because it's, it is always, it is nearly and always so ghosts. We, we don't even bother with that interaction no. for the most part anymore. But for this one, he's not told me anything. So I'm in the dark. Well, it's because it is something that we've touched upon before. Indeed. It's something we've done an episode on before, mm. but we were we were just skimming the surface, yeah, and, and we we promised that we wouldn't. We promised that there would be follow up, and as ever with the old us, uh-huh. that promise remained I hate unkept. Those guys, Me they were too. so flaky. They really were. So does that mean that this is our inaugural season two deep dive today? It is indeed our inaugural season two deep dive. You've got your wetsuit ready. <laughs> I'm I'm going skinny dipping. <laughs> into this topic well let's let's just dive in all right see and peen cannot do the reading isaac Mm -hmm. i want you yeah to open this box here (laughs) that contains describe the box well it's a it's a nintendo switch box yeah you've not made any attempt to sort of dress it up or like make it well i i only decided at the last minute that i was going to do a reveal like this within is contained not a nintendo switch don't get your hopes no no i've got one there is today's content okay it's sort of like you're not doing one of your cl- classic epic pranks on me there's you? going to be nothing in the box or it's like ten thousand ladybirds like you can buy no anything. no it's nothing like okay. that here i go everyone. you're going would people like to hear the sound of the box for asmr 
This is the fucking I rubbish, am a guys. It is rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Just whisper. Oh no. Oh no. Inside the box, this sound, you can tell it's got a weight to it. And that's not just in the sense of, of its mass, but also in the sense of its artistic value. It's the novel Bob Hummy, Who Just Do Stuff by the acclaimed novelist, and that's all he's known for, nothing problematic <laughs> or other, Sean Penn. Why, why, why have you chosen to inflict this upon us for round two? <laughs> I was listening to an old episode um, trying to find some little clips uh-huh. for us for our very good, very popular yeah. um, little audiograms that we like to post on the Twitter feed. That's because you're social media v- <clears throat> isn't Indeed, it? at Shame City Gang, for nice. those who are not currently following. Very good. Um, and it was, again, in an episode that I mentioned previously where we uh, take former works of art uh-huh. from various styles and we wrote them instead as poems. And then we read the poems to each other uh, and we yes, had to I guess what it was. It was a good feature. I did one of some real, Bruges, I think. You did? Yep. There was some real art involved That's all good. around. But your book, What You Chose, uh-huh. was... Bob Honey, who just do stuff. Was it really? Because I don't know anything about it. No, it wasn't so much about the contents of the book as it was its mere existence, because Uh we had not long beforehand done an episode in which we read through a few quotes that we found. Shall we be linking to these two episodes for for new listeners to catch up on? Yeah, maybe we will. Look at that. Let me just write this down right now. There we go. Hot on the mic. Make note of eps. That's good. <laughs> I've already forgotten what that signified. Um, and I realised that I did actually buy a copy of the book, mm. um, that it's been on my shelf, that it's been unread, and that maybe maybe it was time to finally face facts, uh-huh. do some actual research for once, <clears throat> and wow. come with some content. This is exciting for two reasons. First of all, I've always suspected, as I'm sure you have as well, that this book contains more than just those superficially despicable quotes we came across but real multitudes of filth and second of all because this new kind of research focused approach to gathering show content doesn't involve me you. to believe well that's good <laughs> that you'll be doing the same you'll be turning your keen eye to ready player one no, in a minute. no <laughs> I won't you've be. got to i won't be doing ready player one to get ready for ready player one too no i i, I cannot do ready player <laughs> one because this a is mercifully brief which we'll come to in a moment yeah. Um, it's, it is quite it's quite slight, isn't it's it? quite big letters. We'll come to that in a second as well. <laughs> Horrible cover, um, and it, it despite it being, and I, spoilers oh. despite it being awful. Whoa, okay, let's it's, withhold that. It's not um, it's not unenjoyable mm, in okay. a sense, and it is eminently readable. Are you talking about Ready Player One now? No, I'm talking about Bob. Oh, that's um, weird because eminently readable is again very generous, but it just it. <sighs> Yeah, it's like it's it doesn't slide. hurt me to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Ready Player One, I tr- I read the prologue and I broke a laptop. There's that in famous fury. page like that extract that everyone will probably know. If you don't, just do find this because it's it's beyond parody. Where it's just like I put on my cool '80s trainers and slicked back my, my '80s, 80s hair, hair. <laughs> and then went to play with nine different arcade games. We're big in the '80s that there were. I went to the blockbuster. <laughs> it's very good. Um, so Ooh, you've just nuded the book. I've nuded the book. its cover off you've it. You've got to. You can't be. It's very awful. It's, feel how thick that is for I a do, dust jacket. I hate the feeling of no, the papery hell that yeah. is a dust jacket. So we're going to start, as all good book deep dives should, with the blurb. Okay. Okay. This isn't you judging it by its 
No, no this okay. is just, you know, for, for listeners who have no idea, yeah. Sean Penn, acclaimed Hollywood actor, Oscar yeah. winner. Is he? Uh, yeah. What, for Milk? Uh, and for Mystic River. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess Mystic River. Yeah. Mm, fair. Um, he wrote this book uh, in 2016. And millions were asking for it, weren't they? Let's <laughs> they just put that out there. We, it was <laughs> one of the things, you know, people do this sort of like, oh, your dream dinner guests. Yeah. Some people, I've not met any of them, but they do a, who would you most like to write a book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's at the top of everyone's, everyone's. list. Uh, Cross-cultural, cross-ages. He's the Stephen Fry yeah. of the, you'd like them to write a book. Yeah. So um, he wrote it and it was published mm. uh, in a stunning turn of events. And here's the blurb. Okay. So just take this in. This is, this is really all we have going into the book. Bob Honey has a hard time connecting with other people, especially since his divorce. It's a nice setup for that sentence because it it's like, oh, I wonder... And then he hits you with the answer. I would say that's like technically an incredibly accomplished... It's like Nabokov. Well, he didn't write that. Oh, yeah. No, Are no. You? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, no, he didn't write this. It's a bit cynical. Um, but also, thus far, fine. Sure. Cool. That's a classic plot. It's about just cool guys. He's tired of being marketed to at every moment. Sick a a of a world where even an orgasm isn't real until it is turned into a tweet. Mm, is that true? Well, I didn't know. But he's sick of a world he's made up. But this is, this is the <laughs> thing. <laughs> for people of his age. This is a thing that I, I don't want to say it's going to become a running theme. Oh. But it is. It's going to tweet all his jack-offs. A paragon of old-fashioned American entrepreneurship. Jack's off. Bob sells septic tanks to Jehovah's Witnesses and arranges... <laughs> And arranges pyrotechnic That's displays so bad. for foreign dictators. <laughs> That's like a holds up spork level of like, what would be a really quirky thing for Bob to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, don't worry. Tanks to There's more. So he also arranges pyrotechnic displays for foreign dictators. <laughs> He's also a contract killer for an off-the-books program run by a branch of US intelligence that targets the elderly, the infirm, <laughs> and others who drain this consumption-driven society of its resources. Mm. When a nosy journalist starts asking questions, Bob can't decide if it's a chance to form some sort of new friendship or the beginning of the end for him. With treason on everyone's lips, terrorism, <laughs> <laughs> terrorism in everyone's sights, an American political life sinking to ever lower standards, Bob decides it's time to make a change if he doesn't get killed by his mysterious controllers or exposed in the rapacious media first. So, now, it is important to remember uh-huh. that this book is 153 pages long. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a lot to cram in, isn't it? He's going to have to do a different one of those activities per per page. It, it, it kind of perfectly captures that Yadar's having a normal one kind of... Vibe. It completely captures the vibe of this didn't have an editor, like, hmm. or it had an editor who was unable to wrangle Sean Penn into having one story rather than <clears throat> the eighteen different ones he's picked. Well, it, it it also clearly has a publisher um, who who couldn't bring themselves to say that it's good because the <laughs> the blurb ends with this, which is a thunderbolt of provocative words and startling images. <laughs> Bob, Bob Honey... That's an amazing. Bob Honey, who just do stuff, marks the fiction debut of one of America's most acclaimed artists. Wow, that is very hands-off kind of praise, isn't it? <laughs> it it reminds of me of really that, that time we talked about that um, advert for the new Emily Sande album, uh-huh. and it said, one of the albums oh, yeah. of the year. <laughs> one of the or, albums of the year. I think my favourite that I've seen since then 
is there was a poster in a, a lift I was in once for the Carol King musical, oh, yeah. and they'd taken a, a like online review, and the quote was, "You'll know all the songs," <laughs> which is an incredible review of a jukebox music. It's also just an incredible thing to say about something that you'd go to because you couldn't, unless you like blacked out, you couldn't avoid <laughs> knowing them at least temporarily. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's what we have going in. It's a lot. There's a lot nothing. to take in and also nothing. And again, a lot but nothing is is the real watchword. I guess if I were to kind of extrapolate a tone and, and you know, you'll have to pull me up if I'm if I'm shooting wildly you go ahead. off the mark. It sounds like what Sean's doing here is he's taking the whole of our culture into his mighty fist hands. Go on. And he's sort of like turning yeah. it around and he's he's given a kind of like a, a slanted angle approach, being mm. like Here's Sean's take on political, cultural life in the 21st century. Now, that's interesting because what you've done there, you, you seem to have implied already that that in your mind, uh-huh. you've conflated Sean and Bob. Oh, well, I guess so. And it, it can be a real kind of schoolboy error uh-huh. to, yeah, to assume that kind of uh, protagonist yeah. and author are one and the same that's person. That's very true. I'm going to step in and say... It would be wrong to do anything else. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk before I get to even any of the actual words about the uh, structure of this book. Uh-huh. Sean Penn, I don't think, mm-hmm. has read any books. Mm-hmm. But he that, sure is that an has. actionable thing to say? He, he sure says? has read about them. Okay. Like summaries of them. Uh, not summaries of books. People he's talking read, about them. He's, it's like he's read the Wikipedia page for book. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because it has in it basically everything a book could include. Wow. So, of, co- of course, mm-hmm. it's got quotations before the chapters. Nice. That's um, good. In fact, it has a quotations page before the contents page. Oh. It, it has a contents page. The bro- book is broken into two parts. Okay. That's parts cool. one and two. Part one includes a prelude. <laughs> The chapters are called stations. There's an epilogue. There's an acknowledgements page. Mm -hmm. There's a credits and permissions page. And he also does footnotes. Wow. Okay. This is, this is, may I say, the most book possible to have without causing some kind of chain reaction. 10 out of 10. (laughs) It's hella book. It it feels like he was possibly guarding against the possibility of people accusing him of not having written yeah. a book to be like, no, well, Sean, you've done a pamphlet. If we so look at the checklist of things about. that are book, you'll Miriam f- Webster defines <laughs> book as <laughs> you'll find I've done them all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I get the sense that he has researched what books could be without yeah. necessarily having enjoyed many himself. Maybe that's sometimes they say like it's outsider art sort of a concept, and who's a more mm. of an outsider than a sort of a man who's powerful no white book. man who's read no books <laughs> with millions of dollars? Well, surely they don't get much airtime. Yeah, it must be hard. Um, let's jump into part one, and part one is going to be part one of the show. Okay, okay, cool. That's um, very logical, may I say? I was spent today trying to figure out if that was the best place to leave. It, and mm-hmm. honestly, there is no answer, so we might to, as well. Who knows? <laughs> Part one begins with a quote which will go on to become ironic very quickly. Okay. Which is, one day I will find the right words, mm. and they will be simple. And that's from Jack Kerouac. 
the That's Dharma bums. Cool. Is he is he a, a famous writer, Jack Kerouac? Is he the kind of I, person that? Yeah, I've got the feel. It's like one Sean of those. Sean would have heard of him. It rings a bell. Yeah, he's quite yeah. cool guy. Isn't I he? think he might have. He probably penned something or other. And <laughs> some. Oh, that, 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 that is. I might that, do that. that I might do that again it. accidentally. That's I don't fine, know. Um, the prelude. Let's have a little chat about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a couple of pages long. It's a bunch of transcripts mm-hmm. of complaints that have been made against him. Oh, that's uh, against cool. sorry, against Bob Honey. Yeah. that is I should say um, between September two thousand and one and December two thousand and four. Is it? Is, are we sort of situating ourselves intentionally around nine eleven, or is that just incidentally the Don't case? Don't know. Don't it's know. Probably a war on could be, thing. could not be. Mm. Um, it's it, it's very good. It's written in a different font than the rest oh, let's of it. Have a peek. So it's it's oh, like that when ordinarily it looks like that. Yeah, on the it's page. very isn't it? It's like a work of art. Um, some of them are, are written as they're kind of like transcripts, bits of it of like phone calls. Nice. Mostly from this woman called Helen Mayo, uh-huh. who lives at fifteen thirty one Sweet Dog Lane. Sweet, oh, Sweet Dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bob, he lives at fifteen twenty eight. Sweet dog. Lady. Oh, okay. Now, so Helen, she's not a fan of Bob. Uh-huh. That's what we come to realise. Um, let's read this first one. If we must. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Yes, my name is Helen Mayo. I live at fifteen thirty one Sweet Dog Lane. I don't know if I have an emergency, but I do have a new neighbour. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just think he's loud dog barking renders caller unintelligible. Uh, Pretty cool. I just think he's behaving strangely, and perhaps the police would would like to take a look or maybe go and, you know, sniff it out. Sniff, chat, whatever it is you do. Mm, okay. Someone who doesn't know much there about the police. No. A lot of dog words, such as the word dog. Hold on sniffing. to that okay. thought. Just keep it in the back of your mind. God, Sean's already sowing the seeds. He really, really is. He's, he's powerful. He's not one to, to fuck about. And you can't with only, with only two pages, pages to work with. To to with. language. Now, she has a little complaint about his hairdo. That's well, annoying. this hairdo of his, it's something like a Nazi or a woodshop teacher. Mm. And as you know, I'm not the only one on this street who's registered my concerns about this man. Despite numerous complaints or reports or what have you, I'm just baffled that all, uh, that all you have never actually engaged this gentleman. That you people haven't made any official law enforcement contacts. Forgive me if I, that with all this strange hair, uh, strange behavior and haircuts and all that, you know what I mean. I'm not saying he looks Arab, mind you. Oh. He's a white man. Anyone could see that. But I still think the police should, well, you know, yes, sniff him out. Just sniff that man out. Just hashtag just sniff, <laughs> sniff that, that man, man out. out. So definitely we are a 9-11 conscious then. We're 9-11 conscious, yeah. She's using some racism there to be like, he's not one of those Arabs. That's not why she's calling. It's it, it's cool that you've picked up on that. Mm-hmm. It's cool that you've picked up on that. Well, I'm quite receptive. I, we need to have a discussion at some point. Yeah. And I suppose we may as well do it now um, before we get into station one uh-huh. um, about Sean Penn, mm. about who he is, about his politics and about how I, I don't know what this book is about. <laughs> I don't know what Damn, this book is, is supposed to be. Can so we like, start with what I would guess it was going to be? Because yeah, go right I, ahead. I have a superficial knowledge of Sean Penn. Go ahead. And I have now probably, you know, a top percentile knowledge of this book just by it having lived in the same house as me <laughs> for a couple of years, um, which can be more, I can't imagine it sold brilliantly. I've certainly not heard anyone raving about it. But I would imagine that Sean Penn is, you know, probably a, a Clinton 
skeptic, but not much of a Clinton skeptic. He's got to be a liberal, right? Because he's like liberal Hollywood guy. I'm pretty sure, isn't he affiliated with having done some domestic violence at some point? There have been several allegations. Robin, although, Robin Wright, With right? Madonna, I think. Oh, okay. As well. Um, but he he was accused of it by a director, uh-huh. by Lee Daniels, I think. Okay. Um, and then he filed a defamation lawsuit for $10 million. And that stopped the- Which Lee then apologised and retracted okay. and they dropped the lawsuit. And for me, if that if that's happened, then that means that was... That means that nothing. The truth no, was The truth's out. found <laughs> and it's all they over. They say the richer you are, the more true your your mouth Yeah, is. and they say if you have the money to fire the, file those sorts of lawsuits, you you simply yeah. cannot yeah, have exactly. done, can't done have been, the crime. Been in the wrong. No. So, yeah, I kind of... My guess would be that he's going to be a very there's a cheater in the White House style satirist. But maybe without the kind of, I don't know if he'd have the patience to actually interrogate any meaningful kind of vibe of what that would mean. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of right in terms of like what I've read of the book so far and what I know of the book. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's kind of confusing is that pushing the allegations to the side for the time being, Uh his actual politics seem to be just way better than you'd expect. Oh, really? Like, mm, okay. he considered Chavez a friend, oh. and they had, like, met. Um, he was criticised for um, standing up for um, uh, Castro Jr. Right. Like, he has done loads of anti-Bush stuff, um, uh, loads of, like, anti-Iraq war. In terms of, like, politicians he supported... Was he, was, was he feeling the burn? Uh, I couldn't find anything about whether he was feeling the burn. He had, prior to that, supported Kucinich, who was kind of like marginally better than right. the others. Um, although a virulent anti-abortionist, seemingly, for most of his career. Mm. So, like, there, there's enough there to make you think that this is someone who could conceivably yeah. actually have the potential to do something more than a there's a goddamn Cheeto in the White House take yeah i have not found any of that in the book but really importantly there's not enough in the book to imply that it's a satire of anything else no and that that i think is its main problem that we're going to find going forward because there's lots of things that are said in it that you could that i think would still be bad but you could feasibly frame as my protagonist is actually an antagonist. Mm-hmm. They're actually a villainous presence. They are bad. And they are the problem. Them. I'm criticizing them and portraying a realistic enemy of like yeah. progress. There just isn't any of that. Mm. Like, so in, in the end, he just ends up doing a lot, <laughs> doing and saying a lot of really bad stuff. Like offensive. Yeah. Offensive stuff. And um, then, but sort of, do you think he's, he thinks that he's winking, but he's forgotten to type the wink. Maybe, but it is also so transparently supposed to be sort of him <laughs> that, that again you think, why have you, why have you done this? It sounds like he's trying to write. What's that very, very long, very, very boring book? Is it a Confederacy of Dunces? Possibly. That's like, oh no, that's not what I mean. Tristram Shandy, oh, where yeah. it's just like a. A wild, like a, a random guy who just goes about doing misadventures all the time. Mm-hmm. It's probably not that boring. I just got bored when I was reading it. So <laughs> Sue me. Um, it sounds like he, even from the title, like who just do stuff. 
and then the litany of stuffs that he's going to do, I assume, at some point in the story, it sounds like he's trying to create a character who is showing that everything's like arbitrary and that we shouldn't really define value as being something we can ascribe yeah. to anything now, or work towards or care about. Now, station one. Yeah. Let's get into the book full, the book proper, mm-hmm. as we call it in the, in the literary world. It's called Seeking Homeostasis in Inherent Hypocrisy. Hate that. Uh, really bad. Can you tell me why it's called Station so I don't have to wait to find out? Because nope. it's annoying me already. Nope. No, you don't know? Nope, don't know. Cool. That's it just is. Good feature. Um, it's two pages long. <laughs> so the title is a good it, Just to be more specific, it. it's what, four it's one, paragraphs? It's actually one page yeah. long, less than. Um, it just happens to cover both sides. Nice. Um, basically, all that happens is a bunch of old people get murdered in a manufactured blackout. Oh, and it's presented as a triumph of the spirit? Nothing at all. Okay. Uh, A dull white Pontiac ignites its engine, rolls over the fissures of weed onto the interstate, and under its driver's breath, it wasn't me. Mm, A shaggy reference It it was them. Hold on to the image of the Pontiac. Okay. Station two. Recollections of a teenage carny. This this chapter opens with the line, it is the autumn of the age of reason. Oh, is it? That's some fucking marketplace <laughs> shit. There man. you go. I'm going to say that next time I pull up at Sam Harris's tent. My note, chat. my note here was, the book has huge, everything is dumb, and I am not. So here's my dumb story that's intentionally dumb, but actually very, very clever yeah. to make a satirical point. So you can't do me for Energy, it. yeah. Now, here's a sentence that I feel might give something away about not just the book, but right. our author. Okay. Here we go. Meet Bob Honey, resident of 1528 Sweet Dog Lane, a man who most often speaks of himself in the third person. Mm, sounds like a cool guy. It sounds transparently like Bob Honey is our narrator, is that despite an it being third of, person. I am Sean Penn. <laughs> I am Lord Penn. And also, even more so, that it it definitely just is uh-huh. is Sean himself. So I suppose we can expect Bob to go into a series of like moral crusades. He's going to be out there like fighting the good fight in all of these madcap situations. So let me just flick again through what I've got here. Yeah. Are you seeing any of that so so far, or not seeing any of it? Just okay, yet. Well, but maybe, like, maybe it's subtext. Yeah, you may- sometimes miss things, right? You've got to admit. I do. I'm. I am an in. I am a fallible. Yeah, an imperfect reader. reader. Yeah, well, we all are. Don't feel bad about it. And oh, maybe thank you, man. It could be that he started with that Jack Kerouac quote, so we know he's well read. He probably read on the road twice. I'd guess. I, I mean, I'm oh, not saying that's definitely. Jack Kerou- oh, see, he is well read. I, I, know I hadn't even. Yeah. He knows beat poets. God. He knows people who drive around. He knows the whole lot. Um, I'm going to read a, a slightly longer paragraph now. Okay. Um, just because it is you know, the second page of the second station. Uh-huh. And uh, it already gives us a perfect overview of how it is that Mr. Sean Penn likes to write. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Although he lives alone, it is Bob's perception that he wakes to his ex-wife and to their speechless marriage each morning. Every night he goes to bed alone, quoting A, B, C, C, B, A, A, B, C, C, B, A. Weird. The alphabet's first three forward back repeat in lieu of sheep. This is typically followed by a dreamless sleep. Come morning, as always, there she still seems to be, his silent ex-wife, her chub and red hair, 
a small bugger flopping, flittering and fluttering like a carburetor valve backward and forward in her nostril with every breath in and out. A woman so cynical she doesn't understand the meaning of her favourite songs. One who... One who consented candy smells to her crevices in the self-objectifying, self-objectification seeking of every random man's desire. This pursuit outweighed even her own existence in any actual elation that life might otherwise offer. It is impossible for Bob, waking up all these mornings to her speechless misandry and fraudulently feminist superhero dreams, impossible for him to not consider ligature strangulation, droplets of gasoline ignited one by one, the stinking of her burning flesh, and affirmations of anguished screams. Ah, but when these considerations tickle the tumult of actionability, only then does he relinquish their delicious danger and find himself buoyantly liberated to move away from the definitively empty bed. So Sean Penn hates women. He that much is he clear. does not <laughs> like them. And it's not, you know, I I hate that thing. It's a very Tumblr gesture where people are like, there is a character in this book who is bad, therefore the author is bad. But given the what you say the centrality of sean to the character itself and also like even if we accept as questionable (laughs) the allegations of his personal life yeah doesn't seem like he's personally if i were someone who had been publicly accused of domestic abuse i personally wouldn't yeah have used the second page of my book to describe a man virulently dreaming of murdering his wife. His, his stupid, his, his stupid, not even there. Yeah, <laughs> dumb, Invisible fat wife. ex-wife. Yeah, it seems like a pretty bold statement it, of uh, of one's artistic intent. We got a few uh, few bits there of his favourite literary technique, which is alliteration. Mm. I in fact started a whole new Google Doc that I titled "Bob Honey Alliteration," and I dispensed with it because it there is too much he's here's, also oh yeah, give me a here's a couple of lines these appear <clears throat> within the same six pages mm-hmm. salacious sessions of sexual solitaire boxed bannered buried or betrayed wounding words and woeful whimsy if you eat it your wee wee won't work to finance his fever for flame manipulations of mind mandated by green grabbing media Brief break in the weather where his does where his dullness dazzled a dame. They all sound like Gilderoy Lockhart autobiographies. Yeah, they <laughs> or like textbooks from the Harry Potter world. The whole thing Very as well shit. reads, and it is the most annoying thing, um, like about the book, I think. Um although I should say not the most offensive. Yeah. It reads like and we made I listened back to our old Sean Penn episode just today, and I'm glad that we made this uh this judgment then also, uh-huh. which is that it it reads entirely like the scene where Joey writes the recommendation the letter and replaces yeah. every word from the thesaurus. Like, but it's worse than that because it's like he chose deliberately the worst word from the thesaurus mm-hmm. each time, the one that means the, the least, least in this. The least overlap with what he wants it to. Yeah, exactly. He's doing that thing as well, which is like one of my personal least favorite things that we talk about every year. We do sex and fiction awards which is the mistake that people make that if you <clears throat> reference something bodily Crass. that's gross, then your writing is cool your because you're showing that you're like a real adult who's like, you know, life, it's not all, it's not Write, all roses. Sometimes writing shouldn't be sanitary. The yeah. Sometimes there's, a, what was his word? A booger I'm, <laughs> flicking its way across the nose. I'm, I'm sorry that you, that you don't like that because yeah, it I is going to pop up quite a bit. It um, it's also something that, not not that aspect, but, this kind of like style of writing is something that kids do all the time when they don't read. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask a classroom full of children who don't read books to write something, then they all 
affect this kind of like right faux posh yeah. voice in their head because I'd love they to know think who everyone thinks that voice belongs to. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's they just don't, like the no. collective voice of the imagined it's, author. Yeah, because they think like book equals fancy. Yeah. Therefore, and it's not even like fancy in the sense of like long Dickensian sentences. No. It's fancy in the sense of like tortured it's syntax. Affecting, <laughs> it's it's basically it's the beret guy who's smoking in the corner and who plays acoustic guitar and wants to talk to you about Spinoza or something. It's like how people think he would write. Yeah. It's the worst possible thing. This like chapter is kind of like him remembering his childhood essentially. Um, and the time that he worked as a quote carny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really like the trouble, the trouble that I had with putting this together as content is that there is no story. Like there isn't like, a plot like what happens is not interesting the only thing that's really interesting is to look into all of the mad things he says yeah and what on earth you think he might mean so if we dropped the whole angle of him being interrogated investigated by his neighbor and uh, stuff already. oh that's coming back don't oh, worry it, is. Okay, it will good, come back good, yeah good, good. um he he has a line here the alternately haunting and annoying sounds that conjure he's talking about an ice cream van here oh, yeah. the alternately haunting and annoying sounds that conjures clowns midgets and stuffed animals oh that's nice I don't know that he's ever heard an ice cream van. I don't know that he knows what the word conjures mean. Yep. Ice cream trucks, um, because his ex-wife owns one, had become the bogeyman of his brain. (laughs) That's that's really good. That's a very, very nuanced and good image, for sure. Um, He bloody loves alliteration. I made that note there because I finally came across some of them. I don't know that he what he is really using it for, and I don't think he does either. But bless him, he's really going for it. Saltpeter is a proper devil. If you eat it, your wee-wee won't work. Yeah. You, okay. You shared that one and I didn't like it the first time. So I, I wrote it down again here in this document because I, like, this is somewhere where I was thinking about the Bob slash Sean dynamic. And what I was thinking is that if the idea is that this is Bob's voice, not Sean's, uh-huh. and that's why everything sounds so fucking weird and like hyper sort of superfluous and is like offensive, then that voice is, why is that voice so inconsistent? Like why is 90% of it an attempt at like proper writing? Uh-huh. And then it's like, oh, here's a wee wee I think work. I think that's completely encompassed by this idea of proper writing though, because it's the same thing. But as he's just, like, he's, he's taking two different ideas of what yeah. proper writing can be. But I yeah. think, I think that when, when I hate books, it's usually for that exact reason. Yeah. That the person is trying to do, like I said, this tightrope thing of like pseudo intellectualism with occasional forays into just like explicitly rank imagery. Mm. And as if like, as if the contrast and juxtaposition alone is worthy is of good. merit rather than just being like tonally whiplash inducing and shit, <laughs> which I think, yeah, this sounds like it's, it's going for. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing does have that kind of, process of going back and forth but it does it in like different ways like sometimes he writes about like cruder subjects but in this like super like very high high language as he would probably consider it Uh voice and then sometimes it is just (laughs) penis yeah well either way it's very very good well it is no it is very good sorry i should i should have dropped how many awards did it it win did you get that i well what i've i've refrained from reading around it until i've sort of like finished and made notes on the whole thing um bob knew the media had limited success in telling the country how to think but was exemplary at telling it 
what to think about, to discuss, and to value. Oh, what an interesting criticism of the media landscape, that is. Now, it's an interesting criticism. It's an original one. I think you'll probably agree. Yeah, I've never heard it. And also, I, I must say, it's very wrong. <laughs> yeah. But that's maybe that's what's so interesting about it, is that Bob is like... Bob is someone who's never heard of the Overton window, for example. <laughs> Bob is just relentlessly opposed to, like modern media studies yeah like i mean that is kind of the vibe right like i think what i wrote about this here just as like a little note is that it kind of neatly sums up what i reckon is the core Mm -hmm. and it's something that you mentioned at the beginning which is that he has a little knowledge yeah of of these things and therefore thinks that he knows it all and is like oh i'm making a really clever point like i'm immune to this aspect but really has just entirely missed the big picture that no the media is outrageously successful <laughs> it's like their main thing it's like, think. like that is what it is there for yeah. um you know it's, a, it's like they it's the centrist melt like position isn't it they think that they are like cynical because yeah. they don't believe in this will give you everything Marxist ideology. Yeah, yeah. They're not looking for handouts. Right? No, exactly. They think that that is a naive position and yeah. that they are cynical. But really, all they are is cynical of anything left, critical of some things that are obviously too far right. Yeah, it's that um, amazing tweet, right? The just great day at the centrist rally. Yeah. <laughs> Four million people in rooms screaming things can, <laughs> can never get can better. Never get better yeah. It's just a perfect... perfect and the, uh, the other one that I think captures it all, which is like... Uh, I'm I'm socially liberal but fiscally conservative. Oh, I don't yeah. like <laughs> I don't like these things, but the causes yeah. the causes are very good. <laughs> um like he says here and, and like this is the big issue is that the the book's main political element in terms of a sort of uh polemic uh-huh. angle is this rant against media. Certainly thus far, the rant against media and specifically advertising. But the whole thing refuses to couch it in any kind of like a grander system that might be behind these things. Who just posts boomer (laughs) Facebook moaning memes. Yeah. Like it is, it's not even, it's, it's, it's like there is a lot of boomer in it, but it's something like sadder than that because it, it thinks that it has this big, policy not even policy this this big theory about advertising there's this thing that they keep saying over and over which is branding is being Mm. and it's like right but like go go one step further like why is there branding bob no what we don't want sean to hold our hands do we he's maybe sean is just showing us the window and it's for us to dive through it somewhere in the spaces of time he says um, it seemed mankind had traded truth for treachery, both religious and commercial. Like, again, this like, well, somewhere, somewhere it's things went wrong. Just looking yeah. around like, wow, something yeah. must have happened that made us all less honest. What could it have been? I don't know. Said Bob, looking around. Wondering. <clears throat> Essentially a child bomber who'd dreamt of being a geologist. Bob is how one of his sentences begins there. What? A child just bomber? Love. Yeah, it does this whole thing about Child's how... Child dash bomber? Child <laughs> slash bomber. bomber. He, it, there's like a whole scene of him describing the different elements you need to make a pipe bomb. Is but this just it, like shorthand's way of disseminating maybe. dangerous... Maybe. <laughs> 
dangerous but, literature. But then it just never comes back. Mm. And he's just like, oh, but instead he worked on that big hammer game at I the think carnival. That's, that's just world building, isn't it? Because now we know a bit more about Bob and it's like, it's a rejection of Chekhov's gun. It's like, we don't need every detail to play some functional role in the narrative. Sometimes we just need to know that Bob blows up kids. Bob, <laughs> as a kid, he blew up kids. Yep. And as an adult, he blows up kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's nothing if not consistent. Um, now, I know that you are a big fan of this. Go you on. were saying so just moments ago. So there's a an, a part at the end it's here in, where... Is it some fuck chat? Well, it's it's not fuck chat. Okay, it's not good, fuck chat. Don't worry. Um, it's, it's turd chat. Oh, oh no, I hate <laughs> Which, that. Which, you know, I, you can't no, hate everything, hate Isaac. That. Almost without effort. I knew there would be some of this. I knew he was going to describe <laughs> wanking or shitting in too much detail, and probably both. Almost certainly both. Almost without effort, Bob could synthesise civilian architecture. That doesn't mean anything. Is, this a, is that a metaphor for excretion? No, 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 no. He means that literally. So there's a whole, and it comes back later. I'm sorry, love, whole... I've got to go and sit the chair some civilian architecture you know, it's, on Bob. It's not about him. It's not about him doing it. It's that he he can, in myriad different ways, tell you exactly the layout of a building based on various things. And one of those is Looking where people them. shit. Oh, amazing. Um, by identifying where urine and feces fell, and its storage, <laughs> That's not it and its storage system size, design, and placement, especially where gravity systems are employed, he could mentally X-ray the interior of a building simply by observing its exterior. Bob, Bob, everyone can. <laughs> Bob's just flexing on being able to see through windows, and have having been in enough buildings that you can broadly guess what they look like. It's not be like the ceilings upside down. This he thought had application in human systems analysis as well. Such thinking could render a man's spirit and personality severe. Mm. His ability wasn't brandable. <laughs> he but couldn't it, join the Avengers. But it was Bob. Wow. Bob Honey. A man with a Middle Eastern mission in mind. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah, well, that's just because the next chapter is in the Middle East for no, oh, for no so reason. Literally, it's literally just, <laughs> he's just he has a Middle about Eastern work. mission. Yeah, that was the reminiscence chapter. Sorry, station. Yeah. We're going on to station three. Now, station three is oh, called... We're only on station three. I know. Jesus. It's called Ephemerally Disarmed. Uh, whoever taught Sean Penn the word ephemeral <laughs> should be shot. Now, personally... I would have called this station casually racist. Oh, no. However, Bob... Trigger warning, gang. Bob and Sean had a different idea. I'm just going to read through a little, a little like, selection of the... Uh Now, you make... This all is from the book, right? This is all from the book. So if people want to complain, they should do it to Sean Penn's publishers. Please, um, and honestly... Please do. Please, please do. Um, The basic, like, plot of this... Um, chapter is that he goes to Baghdad to uh-huh. sell septic tanks because he thinks that they might need them more than the Jehovah's Witnesses do. But we didn't have him selling them to the Jehovah's Witnesses yet. Um, I think he mentioned it somewhere in that chapter. I'd have really thought if that was on the blurb that was going to be a main thrust. Oh, no, no. It's just kind of dropped in that that's what he does. That's disheartening. But instead, he spends the night with some Guinean paramilitaries uh-huh. uh, and ends up working for the CIA killing old people. <clears throat> oh, I hate it. For... When- and I cannot stress this enough, uh, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> there is literally a point where he he just sort of like, he's wandering through Baghdad. Yeah. He gets captured. He spends the sure. night with these uh, Guinean paramilitaries. Um, the next morning they're gone and he rings a phone number and they're like, yeah, call ring this number if you if would you like to kill, kill some people. old people. What? And he's like, sure, <laughs> like I will do. 
Fine. So anyway, here are, here are some of the terms that stood out to me. Now, one of them is slightly longer. Not too long. Okay. Don't worry. So I'm just going to get this up. Now, yeah, sure. it, it feels again like this. This chapter, like, this is where you could feasibly write these things from the perspective of a character who turns out to be very bad and yeah. is, like, very obviously the villain of your, your text. If you are going to articulate and do it well... A much more serious point. Uh-huh. What do you think the point is that he that would be being made in that case? Um, is it a criticism of it, like American <clears throat> jingo? Yes, or I think it could be a, a criticism of that. Like, I mean, he is hugely like anti-war. It seems a like short of killing old people. Yeah, I don't know that he's explicitly anti-old, but he's not explicitly pro-old. Mm, he's pro-murder. <laughs> it seems um, the point that I would presume that you could be making is if this were a satire of that kind of. Um, veteran obsessed American centrist who thinks themselves wiser and smarter and more progressive, but actually still holds kind of like quite deep seated prejudices. That is the, the like point that you could be making. That is the character this could be, but isn't. It doesn't seem like an incredible sort of needle to thread as well, because that's certainly like been done. Oh yeah. 100%. So it's almost like a choice that Sean's avoided that. Because maybe he's maybe he's one step above that. Well, he maybe he is. Like this could all be above my head. Could be. He caught himself humming the chorus of Outcasts' "Bombs Over Baghdad." His limited awareness of popular music was such that all hip hop and rap sounding songs were, to his knowledge, from a black band called Two Pack. Wow, very cool. Despite him singing an Outcast song. Yep. <laughs> very cool. Um, he gets Weird off the... that he's got such limited knowledge, but happens to have like a geographical reference uh, yes. <laughs> to mind. Um, he gets off the plane in ba- Baghdad yep. and says, Bob hastily exited and breathed the new morning's Muslim air. <laughs> what does that even mean? It, do- it doesn't Muslim mean air. anything. Like, it, that, like this is an, one prime example, and... I would call it the best one, but sadly there is one that's okay. just much, much better that comes up towards the end of this this part um, of this style of writing where every noun mm-hmm. must be accompanied by some sort of yeah, modifier. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's not art it's and waste, we won't it? know what's yeah, going yeah. on. It's like if, you, if you're just writing said all the time, surely people are going to get bored. People are going to get bored of said. You better say whispered. Ejaculated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very, very, very bad. <clears throat> Fact. Grass-skirted Ghanaians patrolled and protected corporate sites on the streets of Baghdad following the shock and awe campaign of March 2003. And what better mechanisms of terror than to embed grass-skirted cadres of cannibals within these ghostly ghettos of the Arabian night? Normally when people say fact and then a colon, it's both true and pithy. <laughs> For me, this one's true pith- to be lacking. True pithy and lacking in racist bias. Mm. <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, he's a... He's, he's da- a powerfully he's revolutionary he's writer. Daring. Isn't he? He's a daring racist, I'll give him that. He really is. The indigenous model was spearheaded by a head-shrinking entrepreneurial tribesman. Well, that's a trope. Then there's also another bit where he's talking a bit about the history of, of how these uh, grass-skirted Ghanaian paramilitaries came to, to work in, in Baghdad, uh-huh. where he says a sentence that I find so, so ironically stripped of, of any kind of sense of being informed um he uses the phrase um when missionaries became more culturally constructive communicators with cannibals 
Oh, very pointless thing to say. The alliteration alert going off again there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it did occur to him as a private joke with himself that with a chicken... I hate, I hate this already. You don't need to do that, do you, as a writer? Oh, no, but that's, that, that is that's funny just, already. It's the laziest <laughs> possible way of interjecting a shit thought you it, had. It is like, Bob but, by the way, my, my character <laughs> my was char- wondering. My character cleverly thought smartly to his cool self. <laughs> to his cool self. Mm, what if I do my, a comedy racism? My, my protagonist racistly chortled <laughs> to himself that were the chickens they chewed not in such high supply, he might have found himself Fuck on the menu. <laughs> Fucking hell, you can see it coming a mile off, Sean. A fucking you centrist dad AI who's only trained he's, on one dad he's like a, this book. He's, he's like just surfing through old Cicopedia like, pages. Oh, pretty interesting take there, guys. It's I hope the 2000s don't... He was consulting with like Andy Parsons. That's all right. And then also he writes the phrase, when he wakes up in the morning and they're all gone, he says that he felt as though he'd been abandoned by his Ghanaian brethren. Okay. And I think he just about managed to put the TH instead of the D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in So is sense. this all in the same chapter or this race? This is all in the same chapter. This is within like four pages. And is it, do you think what he's maybe done is like, you know, the concept of a worry doll? If you're like, you've got a lot of worries in your life and stresses, the idea is that you whisper them to these little knitted dolls mm-hmm. and then put them in a box and you're like I've locked them all away in there it's like excising them into one place oh no it's not no no it's not no no it spills out across the whole rest oh, of the book fuck. don't you worry I was really hoping for not that I wrote this is like we've already discussed most of the stuff about like his politics this is where I like had to break from reading to look up because I my feeling was that this is that he must be some kind of like outrageous radical military assessed sem- centrist mm. obsessed sorry centrist because it's the only vibe that comes from this. Um, but then I was like, oh, seemingly he's not. Like, I know that there is some, some like pro Hillary, anti Trump stuff coming in the second half. Yeah. So, like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I was surprised to find what I did. And I, I wrote, maybe this gets better as the book goes on. Maybe Bob becomes more obviously a villainous presence and the book makes a clearer point against him. Just can't really find the angle here, which inevitably leads me to cynicism. Like, if the best our celebrity culture has to offer is someone who is against all the issues, but not against the cause of all the issues, what possible hope is there? And also just like, like satire for all of its shit manifestations in particularly like... British comedy, like TV comedy, mm-hmm. least. it's a delicate art. Yeah, and it is. you have to really back yourself that you're <clears throat> on the right side of the issue and that you understand it well enough that your parody is not able, in any conceivable sense, to be misread as an endorsement of it. So it might well be the case, and I have no reason knowing fuck all about him other than some of his films to believe that Sean Penn isn't. Consider, doesn't consider himself on the left yeah but like if you're going to write a book that advances this narrative like why would you not why would no, you why would why you would you actively choose to write like all the things that you supposedly think are bad yeah <laughs> like but, and, and in just and then be like hope like, that people go yeah. oh yeah that's bad too it's very strange <laughs> anyway um the, my final note for this station is that it does include one of the funniest bits of the book so far which is that he he's um he uses he says in the early 2000s the five-sided puzzle palace had an autonomous private contracting budget of 20 million dollars a year and in case you didn't get his fun joke Does there's a footnote the that says the pentagon no! <laughs> 
What a fucking <laughs> loser. so funny. I fucking wet myself uh, when I, I think, read that. I think you're saying what I was referring to there, Hen. It was the Pentagon. Just in case you missed it there, folks. That's such that... a fucking pub quiz <laughs> uncle I... energy. Yeah. <laughs> what I meant by that. Might have missed missed some of you that one. Gone over a couple of heads there. Just figured I'd just go back and let you know. that one out. What <laughs> That's a punchable thing to write. In a footnote as well. The gall. Who does he think the he front is? On this cunt. They should not have published a book from an actor. That has no. footnotes. It shouldn't you be allowed. There's like there should be thing like only. your first book cannot contain footnotes. Um, now, Station Four, the Scottsdale program. Mm. Um, I think this is where he meets the journalist. In fact, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. There aren't. There weren't many things like so much of this book. Like, and for a book that is again 153 pages long, yeah. so much of it is boring. Possibly, probably made up like history yeah. about like military stuff. Like it's so, so boring. The military thing is like a main. Yeah, like it's so fucking dull. Like it's such an easy target as well to, to like lampoon. Like, the idea of the military-industrial complex is so popular uh, a target of discussion that like mm-hmm. that phrase is used by millions of people who don't know what it means. Yeah. And like <laughs> Sean could presumably advance even one bit of like the military is a bit bad. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a literary. And like there are bits in this where he talks about like the Iraq war as being bad, like maybe, right. but never, like never explicitly, never explicitly. Like it's more that he has a problem with the coverage of it. Yeah. Than, than it itself it's even though aesthetics. in real life like he seemingly is quite genuinely opposed to it like it's it's really but like the whole first page and a half is again about the new guinean condensations the cia all of this stuff it basically seems to be setting up what this like work he's doing for the cia which is killing old people and the disabled seemingly because they are like a drain on resources right which is a you know i guess that's a satirical notion like yep. it's like that mark twain thing isn't it? <clears throat> was it like eating your babies or something that you yeah, wrote a pamphlet on yeah um i guess it's not the most kind of not on the nose idea no it's not and it and again it's not ever like bob is presented as being like wholly behind it as yeah. well which you could do which you could do but then it doesn't like tally with anything else that he seems one, to believe or do. One thing that I find un, like an annoyance in this kind of debate is the, and I am calling it a debate, by the way, That's okay. is the um, the fact that if you are against these sorts of like optical presentations in media, whether it's a novel or otherwise, mm-hmm. it sounds like, or people assume that what you're arguing for is like straightforward one-to-one relationships between these are my politics this is the story i'm telling and they have to if you're like super uh anti-iraq war then all of your characters are super yeah anti-Iraq or like war. or they're <clears throat> the outrageous villain yeah. they're literally saddam yeah Hussein. and that's just not the case like no. i would argue that this kind of failure to adopt any serious interrogation of the points that your narrative either explicitly or implicitly is trying to make is more akin to that kind of fairy tale, like everyone's good or everyone's bad, much than a, a a novel which you could write with a really hands-off sense of not imbuing it with any political value, and that could be the point. Like, it's not by any means a favourite, but no. like Brett Easton Ellis does that pretty 
well, I think. Mm-hmm. No one's reading that and thinking, hmm, got Brett, some cool, Brett's pro cool ideas Dropping there. chainsaws on prostitutes. He loves the old <clears throat> skincare, and so mm. do I now. But it's just like, it's not, it doesn't have to be one or the other, no. is my point. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, character with, with bad morality, book with bad morality. Mm. Like, but the, the assumption that it's okay in any circumstances for any of your characters to believe or think anything, re- like regardless of the context in which you place it, is itself much, much dumber, like you say. Yeah. I think partly because it assumes that everyone coming to the book will read it in the exactly same way. The lens that you wrote <laughs> that you, yeah. Which it seems like sort of was none. Coltier takes up the table end chair. And Bob sits centred on is the couch. Is this the journalist? Coltier. Spurly Coltier is his name. Uh, Spurly? Yep. Cool. Um, you do he's come to, chat to ju- come to chat to Bob, apropos of, of nothing at the moment. Right. And Bob just let him in, despite there being a page and a half of Sean Penn talking about how Bob doesn't do that. Mm. Um, Subversive of itself. French, Bob asks. American, says Coltier. What do you do, Bob? Bob <laughs> ponders, puzzled. Then... Just dot 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 stuff. Oh, that the name of the movie. <laughs> what I'm, oh, and they all stood and applauded. Leonardo DiCaprio, like in <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. pointing meme. Yeah, I do regret to inform you that that is not the only time that that joke will. Oh, that's interesting. Be made. He seems. Well, it's such a, a good joke. If I'd come up with that, I'd be leaning on it every episode. Um, they have station. a bit of a chat. About nothing yep. for a page and a half. Any kind of boring war intricacies? No, none there. Lovely. We'll save um, that for chapter station four. Then he goes and he's like, I'm going to come back on Wednesday. And Bob's like, okay. Cool. <clears throat> that's, that's quite good, isn't it? Because sometimes yeah. one of the things that like, I imagine I'd struggle with if I were trying to write a novel is avoiding the tropes and cliches of like, not even the meet cute idea, but of like, I've got protagonist A and they at some point in the story for the narrative to work have to bump into our second lead. Like, mm. How can I make that organic? Well, we've been and trying to Bob's do that. Is, is he's just not. <laughs> he's just said, yeah, fine. <laughs> like, and, and then they met and, and then they were friends come, now. Yeah, like he literally turns up on the door. It's not until I think the third time they meet that he even explains why he's talking to That's Bob. That's cool. Well, it's uh, like real life. Now, here we get into a section I know you're going to like, and it's Bob remember, remembering a romance that he had with a girl called Annie. Fuck. <clears throat> They'd met on a park bench one day during Bob's surveillance of elderly lawn bowlers. Hello, offered a velvet voice. Hello. Yeah. With no H. With no H. Okay, sure. One look at her standing above him in that park, and Bob felt a relaxing of his joints. Uh. <clears throat> she may have been young. She may have been too young. Oh. But Bob never bothered himself with these distractions. Oh, Bob. <laughs> oh, no, Bob. You really ought to. It's, it's another... <laughs> it's, it's really one of the much, distractions worth bothering oneself with there, Bob. Much like the... Much Fuck like yeah. the how do they meet angle. Sean... Sean Hand waving across the whole law. through the whole taboo to say... You, he, she may have been morals. too young, but guess what? He didn't care. That's not something so we'll be dealing with in our book. It was fine. So with his joints all loose and a child standing <laughs> above him in the park, so later, she's floating above the tree. Later on, as in like half a page later, uh, when they're naked, there's, oh. there's the... Oh, yeah, yeah, they're fucking. In the park? So no, no, not in the park. With the lawn bowls. Never one for psychosexual infantilism or paedophilic fantasy, 
and that feels uh, and that feels very much like a, we know. gotta do a song about how we don't diddle kids. That's, <laughs> like, that's so clearly the publishing. <laughs> Lo- love the st- the ch- uh, station, Sean. Uh, is it station this week? Yeah, station. station yeah. Really cool. Love the character of was it Annie? Annie. She's almost too three dimensional. Now could we rein that in a little bit? What if we just made clear <laughs> that he's not a nonce? <laughs> she that by too young we mean too young for him, not like too, too young, young of spirit, not too young for the national mind <laughs> for the consciousness um, <clears throat> they had a brief love affair or rather he did what a magical vagina Bob thought after exploring it for hours don't be this way hairless but magical <laughs> what strange use of but that's a very weird like ex- very exposing value well, judgment well, that Sean has well, made don't worry it comes back because that bit about never being one for psychosexual infantilism or paedophilic fantasy after their sex he said good vagina seemingly downgraded from wow. magical maybe more Vietnam more Vietnam she asked is it a bit urban sugar you're looking for some jungle Bob nodded okay she said what I'll put on here? my little merkin piece next time oh fucking hell <laughs> that should be he should be in prison. That's partly a joke because she has alopecia. But <laughs> it's really not good. Could you just give me that bit of dialogue again? Because it sounded like someone had smashed together every era of American like dialect. Never one for psychosexual infantilism. No, 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 no. Or pedophilic fantasy. I only wanted the dialogue. After their sex, not the he whole said, goddamn quote. Good vagina. Maybe more Vietnam. More Vietnam, she asked. Is it a bit urban, sugar? Is it a bit urban, comma, sugar? I thought, I honestly thought that he meant black when he wrote that in like the most <laughs> racist sense possible. I thought he'd done it again. Yeah. But it seems no. Bob Honey, who just won't stop doing it. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob Honey, who just, just do, do slurs. <laughs> You're looking for some jungle. No, no, I, I, I'm up. Bob up nodded. I don't need any more of it. Okay, she said. Please feel free. <laughs> to move on so I can do now, a big brain reset now, and forget this happened. Now, there's an important point here um, that the, not. the love affair then ends. Oh, no, no, I, I mean for what's coming up. Okay. The, the, the love affair kind of ends and um, she occasionally sends him photos and one photo, the most recent, was an unvarnished snap of a 12-inch and girthy black dildo which appeared to have been discarded on a city sidewalk beside a casino poker chip and some publicly planted greenery. It came with a simple note, Greetings from Las Vegas. I'm with the girls. Wow. Very cool. Don't worry, because that will be important later. I'm glad, because that's definitely one of the most interesting details we've heard so far. Um, Now, let's see here. Now, I've got a nice... A nice juicy quote for you. Okay. Um, to just have have your own little analyze of. Yeah, give it to me. Um, Bob had found fundamentally foreknowledged form in the way Annie giggled at his apparent brooding and solitude. Oh, tell me the beginning again. Bob had found fundamentally foreknowledged form in the way Annie I giggled. I can't pass this language. He'd found fundamentally foreknowledged form. Foreknowledged form. Fundamentally foreknowledged form. Yeah. This doesn't mean a thing. Well, that seems it a bit doesn't. harsh. Carry on. That seems a bit harsh. Um, in the way Four Annie giggled. I'm furious. <laughs> in the it. way Annie giggled at his apparent brooding and solitude. In her generation's world, Adderall and advertisers' chickens had come home to roost. 
Bob felt from feline millennials the transmission of Instagrams blitzingly blazing from all directions, the sensation of Roman arrows careening chaotically within his skull, the trace around ammunition of human selves anonymously exposed. No one spoke to anyone, and when they did, it was more about those anthropomorphic arrows than it was the natural air of organically human traverse. That air, that life, again so unceremoniously sidelined by a generation bent to uninvent the wheel of love and as willfully inattentive to control computations or surveillance an age group so lost to letters Almost and steeped in transactional sex it seemed of them Keep that they distinguished little between an active orgasm and uh, sorry oh. and an active one so quickly might Annie come that he'd try thinking of chocolate bananas cotton candy and chugging trains to ward off consciousness of her detachment and perhaps to delay his own ejaculation in hopes of making hers definitively real and defiantly human yet to no avail that was awfully bad. <laughs> that was the longest way I've heard of saying phones are bad. Phones, phones are bad. Phones they, are bad. Phones like, are bad. They, they interrupt your they fucking They interrupt routines. me fucking this little gal That's really, that I really found awful. in the park. Whenever he felt these collisions of incubus oh, and succubus, he punched his way out of the proletariat with the purposeful inputting of covert codes, thereby covert drawing, codes. Thereby, drawing, That's so bad. thereby drawing distraction through Scottsdale deployments. That's killing old people, dodging oh. the ambush of innocents astray, evading the vi- uh, the Viscount Vogue of viagratic assaults on virtual vaginas, or worse, Someone falling passively, fucking... Viva Vendetta, yeah. falling passively into prosaic past times instead he would quake the elderly in all corners pop goes the weasel bob's mallet would speak he knew his destiny's turn no that's him pop 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 in the old people dead with his hammer his trusty hammer what he uses to kill the olds someone should have taught sean penn one other literary device i literally wrote sean please use another technique alliteration's okay But it can't carry your entire book. I thought. Well, (laughs) you're learning differently. He's come out here and really rewritten the rule book. Station five, you'll be pleased to learn, is called Big Cock. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just check in for my peace of mind. How many more for for today? In this part? Yeah. Just the four. Oh, God. (laughs) But they they are quite short, thankfully. And certainly my notes on them, much shorter. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. We've got a note here. So this chapter, Big Cock. Um, you, you, we know the name. So it's the, fine if you don't. Sorry, this this station, this station, oh, station five, Big, Big Cock. Cock yeah, um, is all about him driving Having a big wake, cock. No, no, mm-hmm. waking up, taking his Pontiac, driving to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. finding this big dildo he's been sent a picture wow, of, hey. taking it out to the desert, setting it on fire, and then going home. Really normal behaviour there for Bob Honey, mm. who, who he's not wrong, he just does do stuff. <laughs> he's the kind of guy you snap a pick of something, he'll drive there and burn that thing. This this one is my I said this 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 quote I'm about to read is just getting it's just getting sad now. Okay. It's proper look at the things I know slash read on my like quote of the day toilet paper. One of my people prepared for me in a little dossier. Bob is indeed a man of moral purpose. Yet this does not prevent him from worshipping at the altar of Emerson's espousal. Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. I don't know what that means. What's Emerson? He's a... As, as in, in like... As Ralph, in Emerson. Yeah. Oh, right. But, yeah. But what what point is he making here? Well, foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of oh, little minds. sorry. I thought there might have been no, something no, so, else. So Bob, he likes that 
So he's, he, I think... He wants to fuck a hobgoblin. He wants an underage one, <laughs> yeah. preferably That's a what hairy means. underage. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, now we get a slightly more uh, masks-off vibe to the politics of Bob uh-huh. here. Um, Seems challenging at this stage because we know he's a racist nonce. <laughs> racist Islamophobe nonce. Um the cynical lack, uh, so their lefts, rights, and mutual wrongs, the cynical lack of substance to their reciprocal unequivocals. For Bob, for Bob, one plus one still equals two. Yeah, same actually, Bob. Yeah. That's relatable. Them's the facts as he feels them. Oh. The leftists, he oh, thinks, no. see themselves oh, as no. idealists and intellectuals. Hence, they forsake inclusion of a right, be it in gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Bob wants to say gamer words. Bob doesn't. It's about pragmatism. Ethics in games. It's a fucking gamer game. This is amazing. This forsaking by either side contributes nothing to a result, real or ideal. What works, be that question or solution, is the be all and end all for Bob. I don't know what you mean. Results, Bob thinks, are the religion of an active mind. Like right. Tesla standing between his coils, he will be a bridge of universal <laughs> energy. Moral schmoral, you kill coral, he comments to critics unseen. What does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> Don't you worry. That's you kill coral. Moral schmoral, you kill coral. Is that the capital C? No. Is it a bio? It's an eco thing. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Yeah, I think so. I hate that section a lot. And mm-hmm. it's really the most sort of, well, I, I was willing to give Sean Penn a little bit of Go on. Benefit of the doubt that maybe the kind of pseudo intellectual vibe was a a choice, an aesthetic, yeah. a yep. decision of how to couch the narrative and Bob's character in a way that makes us hate him, and that's the point. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go on. I guess in a way it succeeded in that I hate Bob, yeah. but I hate the book and Sean more than yeah. I ever hate Bob because let's remember Bob is not real. No, Bob, Bob is, is just Sean a, Penn's Bob's nasty, a fiction weird of, of Sean's agency. <laughs> Um, I thought you might like just a you little description of when he burnt the dildo. Oh, of <clears> course, <throat> actually, I would. At midnight on the on the reservation, Bob is assaulted by hour. animism. Pardon? Mm-hmm. The witching hour, oh, he said. Hold on to that thought. The swirling surround of deserts and stars. He claws out a hole in the ground and sticks the dildo's base into it. With the X-Acto knife, he slices a small sliver pee hole into its tippy top. Hey, that. Then inserts the bottom of a white birthday candle into the pee hole lights it, and slightly adjusts its direction towards the North Star. A flash ignition of fumes due to the degradation of the silicon bursts from the dildo's undershaft, creating hands of flame that seemingly reach to cut Bob's face and pull him in. The schlong burns fast and hot as he listens for echoes of Emerson granting ozone amnesty. He hasn't even gotten the first hot dog out of the package, much less cooked it, before the whole cock melts with the wanton why-me of the Wicked Witch from Prick. To puddle. The wanton why me of the Wicked Witch. She doesn't ever say that. Does she? <laughs> why me? Scream the alphabet. She knew very well yeah. why. Because <laughs> you're the Wicked Witch you are of the quite West. Quite literally the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, so he goes it. home. Yeah. After having a sort of cock barbecue. Yep. Uh, he's eaten a, a couple more of the hot BBQ. dogs. Yeah. Um, now, this is another bit where we get some insight into the political. Where... Doubtful. It does a... No, we actually do here. This is a this is a strange okay. passage, but I think it's perhaps one of the most indicative ones because it's a proper like you you've read this word. Yeah. You're on the edge of understanding what it means, 
But if you did understand it, you wouldn't have written this, I'm so even ironically. I'm what the word is. It's going to be something <clears throat> like dialectics. It's very close to that. He clicked on the TV and watched a whirlwind uh, uh, of news, American media coverage on the Middle East. In the battle within Bob's brain, media sources created a chaos of overload, a marketed, manipulated assault on retention. History books did the same. All heirs to Herodotus. There's a footnote here. Father of Greek historians, nicknamed the father of lies. Cool. The Western developed world, considered so rich in pride and possibility, more often than not kills beautiful things in the human heart. Pride, he believed a pleasure better suited to Orientals and peasants than to those of the West. Who'd come, Orientals with a capital O. Yeah, I would imagine. Who'd come so commonly, uh, who'd come to so commonly detach love from infinity while ubiquitously clinging with cowardice to the fearful fabricated prides and prejudices of yesteryear. How is it possible for a white American to calculate positive or negative impacts on Middle Eastern matters? Mm. One could either passively advocate medievalism and intellectual poverty or at best bow to moderate governments that tolerate a measure of both. The only remaining option, intervention. There didn't seem much room to manoeuvre in the cradle of civilization, and our senses now so systematically suppose savagery. Hence, Orientalism is most probably a topic best observed by Orientals. Right. What's the couching of this in the story? Why he is he turned on the, about this? He turned on the news. And then had He was watching thoughts. the news and then he had these thoughts. Okay. A cynic would yeah. say Sean Penn had these thoughts Maybe. and used the news device as a reason to write them. I mean, yeah, cynic true, but also someone who just was willing to overlook the fact of the rest of the book <laughs> so far. It just seems like that randomly happens to align with something he might genuinely believe rather than hmm. rather than he's waited how many pages in are we? Uh, Five 43. stations or something. Yeah. Before being like, oh, here's one thing I actually agree with. So either either Sean has concocted the most confusing hodgepodge of of beliefs that he may or may not hold, and we're expected to Poirot like disentangle fact from fiction, mm-hmm. which is a lot to ask from a reader of such a bad book with such <laughs> like laughably poor prose, or it is just totally random and he's just saying stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's just something so like maddeningly and depressingly and offensively ironic about about espousing for Orientalism, yeah, and then also using the phrase Orientals, yeah, the whole way. But do you throughout. think that's like he's being like, well, look, Bob. He's the kind of guy who almost... He says rough language, but you've got to get past that. It's all said with good intentions. And we're like, wow, great, run for Congress. I I honestly can't pass the the tone of the line, the only remaining option, intervention. Is he trying to say that's all you could think if you were a white American, which Bob is? Or is he saying that genuinely? No one knows. Because that's the problem. Because either... Either but it's, it's quite an important thing. To, <laughs> it's to really, clarify. really important because either Bob's um, Bob and Sean are just mad hypocrites who say, "How could we possibly know?" And then two lines later, the only possible thing we could do is war at them. Yeah. Or he's like, "Wow, that's what they would say," but also, but also I'm, I'm saying, saying <laughs> just, just why not? Just where if you can't beat them, I said that. 
I wrote, this passage is very indicative of the overall problem with especially celebrity kind of like liberals. They have a little knowledge and quite possibly have good intentions, but they're so disengaged, even the ones who seem fully involved, that they end up falling into the same traps they're pointing out like some sort of commentary at Wiley Coyote. Yeah, and I hate this because I strongly despise the tendency of mostly reactionaries, but I guess it happens on the left as well, for people to be like, you're an actor, mate. Stick to the acting. Like, keep your keep your nose out of this. Yeah. Referring to politics. Like, I think that people, like, well, there are all kinds of reasons why that's a really stupid approach. Not least of all, just the pragmatics of people with a huge platform being politically <laughs> engaged. It's probably a good thing if you can get them on your side. Um, but, like, it strikes me that if you are someone of that immense, like, almost incalculable level of privilege, a Sean Penn who's going to, as a sort of fun hobby, it seems, just shit out this nonsense (laughs) onto our lives. (laughs) It's surely incumbent on you to make, just take five minutes, ask one other person, (laughs) could you read this? Does it make me sound like I'm arguing for a wide-scale aggression? But the thing is, like, I would presume, and perhaps falsely, quite possibly very naively, that as a publisher... Uh You would look at, th- at something like this. <laughs> you, would, you would read Once. the words that are there and maybe question some of them, maybe offer some revisions. I just, but I get like, a sense you can't in this but level. I, I would think that like, unless you knew this was going to make absolute bank, you yeah. would do that. But I can't imagine that there was enough definitive desire I'm doing it my fucking oh, self. No, you're absolutely <laughs> Oh it god. Up. It's like a virus. It's awful. Um for a for a novel written by Sean Penn that they thought but this is such a money spinner. Let him fucking my feeling chat is about it probably there probably is a huge market for comparative it. They're probably to like any yeah, other yeah, normal anyone. book. Yeah. Like there's probably a they can probably if you're an A-list actor guarantee like x million sales or something mm-hmm. maybe that's foolish of me I, I don't know fuck all about publishing but my guess is that it's probably a base level that's higher than everyone else's yeah it's not a controversial guess my feeling also is that when they delivered the manuscript and it was this <laughs> i think they probably read it and was like well no one's going to know what he's going on about let's not bother editing it and he also and again this is all based on rumor but it doesn't seem to be the kind of person who would respond very well to the criticism no. of his work. I think quite possibly we hit on something there. I think maybe they looked at it and went, there is no way to save yeah, this. Yeah. It's so, like me and that book we were talking about in the Patreon episode that I had to do. Yeah. It was like, a part of me wanted to be like, we could find something in this book if I'm editing <clears> it for a year and a half. But the other part of me was like, it would actually take about 10 and a half yeah. of these years and you're not paying me. You enough. just kind of need a new book. Like yeah. there are no, the problem is there are no characters. Awful. There's no plot. And your writing, the writing is, so is intrinsically really loathsome, really like offensive. I would suggest poor. that there's nothing he could write that wouldn't be hateful. If this is genuinely his voice as his, a writer. Yeah. Well, and it's not, right. it's no one's voice, but if it's the voice that he's found that he wants to use, just don't speak. Station six a portrait of entropy um, includes very I little. I can't believe he's using the word entropy. <laughs> this is honestly like if I'd known we were doing this, I would have made a checklist of, of words that, that you didn't want. Talking about shitting, talking about fucking. <laughs> possibly Talk- I would noncery. have. Possibly I would have gone for noncery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then lastly, words like multitude, homeostasis. Entropy. 
I wouldn't have guessed the alliteration, <laughs> though, to be fair. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Um, th- not a lot happens in this chapter, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the, surprised me. The, the, the journalist comes back round. They have a bit more of a chat. Um, he talks about his, this neighbour, Helen Mayo. She's cool, a little callback to Helen. Who, like, who, who, like, has made most of the complaints. The uh-huh. journalist knows about that. Um, Any more transcripts? Because that was a lot No fun. more transcripts. Damn. But um, Bob does expound upon his superpowers a little more. Uh, the building he, thing. He claims not only to be able to kind of echolocate, a, like, a blueprint of a house based on where people ship. Based on but looking also, at the house. But also based on the sound of a dog barking within it. Mm. And also that he can um, tell from the sound of a pen on paper exactly the letters that are being written. Mm, that's not true. And how. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, no, well, no, he does. Look, it's here. He, like, even spells it out for us. Oh, yeah, no. They use a different font. I think that is actually something that people can do. But, but not Bob. Not Bob. Not Bob. Not, not Sean Bob. Penn. Bob Honey, you can't do anything. <laughs> Bob Honey can't do that stuff. <laughs> um... The only other bit that I, I kind of wanted to bring any attention to here is he does a little murder of an old lady. Oh, yeah. Um, Par for the course. It's more this <laughs> this sentence, this like little paragraph that I, I just don't, I again, I don't know what tone he's going for. Because, he doesn't know. Because, no, well, he doesn't. If I were trying to write this as parody, I possibly would have someone be this involved in it. Uh-huh. But like... I'd have thought that the idea was more that, like, he is kind of desensitized to doing this murder, and it's the CIA who are really big on we need to get rid of the olds. Yeah, Bob, he, is he cannot him? stand them. Wow! Out there in Thousand Oaks, if there was any pattern to the shared psychology of its residents, it was a random one waged by an encouragement of their decrepit circulatory systems in an effort to mm. prolong their own useless lives and comforts pathetic bob thinks holdouts to hedonistic procrastination awkward and inconvenient wow and that excoriating prose now i haven't read it because it's too long and boring but that started out as a rant against adverts (laughs) and just (laughs) ended up its way into some ageism ended up there station seven don't worry we're nearing the end you can can get a little break tick off all of the kind of marginalised social groups that we've attacked so far. Mm, it's had, lots. We've had the kids, we've had the Muslims, we've had the entire sort of eastern proportion of <laughs> the world. Hemisphere. <laughs> um, uh, we gays are all right for, uh, for the moment. Well done. Um, station Fingers 7 for you. is called Sexual Dungeons. <clears throat> Don't you worry. Good, I'm sure this will be a nice chap. <laughs> definitely, definitely shall be. Um, he talks about his uh, horrible ex-wife and her booger flake again. No. Don't worry about that. Um, he says about her breath is very horrible, which is apparently in a way that only uh, small dogs can can achieve. Not so big dogs, what? who at their worst may expirate the yeasty odour of stale bread. They are predictable in that way. There is no tragic chaos to them. Well, weird Bob. theory that big dogs only smell like yeast. Bob. <laughs> what does he mean? You can't just say that. It's a that. sequel to All Dogs Go to Heaven. That. That's like the, the thing in Hot Fuzz of dogs only be able to look up. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah the- <laughs> I know it's... I think it's both. And I think I've remembered which way around it is wrong. But like, what could he mean by that fact? Yeah. Well, he what goes nothing? on to say, Bob is particularly moved by and admiring of wolves for their, for their gait <laughs> and, and monogamy. In his heart, he knows himself to be a hybrid. Not well, a he is. Not a dog... Yeah. D-A-W-G. Mm. But yes, a dog. 
<laughs> I can't wait for the audio book, which must exist, just to hear how that line is. <clears throat> um, a house pet with wolf blood. It takes a special bitch to elicit his commitment. He'd found and delivered his best to a few, most often to women of chub and red hair. He'd been bitten in the Women throat. of chub is such a strange <laughs> phrase. <laughs> W-O-C. <laughs> That's what Sean oh, thinks it means. God. <laughs> he's so switched off from society. Sean thinks he's doing There's plenty of people of chub in films. <laughs> I worked with Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> that tim robbins he's a big guy he's been bitten in the throat each time nonetheless and considers the word bitch too flattering for anything without canine creds these he considers only ugly ungenerous souls and that's footnote 20 cunts oh goodness women 21 definitely i do hate women women who operated in direct impingement blasting out one's best bullets and expelling their castings to the curb powder burned hollowed and primer struck provisions should be them should be material i am neither provision nor material bob thinks and thinks back to the chubby fucking redhead whose ghost still whorishly haunts his bed awfully awfully offensive Bad. really like just it's lame. really like it and it's getting worse like as we go like my hope was that as we went it would become more obvious that there's like yeah but it's digging the, into the like level of 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 what i can detect as parody is going down plummeting Whee! but the but the, the level of offense, of offense is, let me tell you it's mine go up <laughs> it's really quite bad that um yeah, you're, you're not we are on the page of of in a very different vein another way in which the book is terribly bad the example I mentioned way back at the beginning when wow. we talked about the Muslim heir um, of every now of having noun to having to be accompanied and and Sean maybe this was a a bad day for him maybe bad day he, for the language maybe the he was just not feeling as inspired as usual because he wrote the f- <laughs> the following the following phrase let me just find it here <clears throat> he silently extracts himself from the emotional isothermality of his bed and plods naked to the bathroom there sitting on the standard toilet <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the normal toilet what on the unremarkable that's very toilet. silly there's something so perfect about that that sums up the problem the real problem with his writing so not not, not his content books. just his writing he's not he can't have read i can't imagine he's spoken to anyone like i always said to people like whenever i'm like talking about writing and creative writing especially like don't don't write anything that you think would be like embarrassing or weird to say mm-hmm. like obviously like poetic forms you're not always going to use in everyday conversation but like there is no... You would never say, oh, I'm sorry, I just sorry. need to pop to the standard toilet. Uh, and then got, <laughs> which room's the standard toilet in? <laughs> sorry, sir, could you leave the restaurant, please? Like, oh, God. This is, oh, tell you what, this is some Muslim air eh, you've got in this, in this country. Meaningless, like, it? it just doesn't... It's so dumb. It's so, so dumb. I do, I do hate it. This is the only good station in the book. Mm, um, good in In spite sense. of that. Um, well, in that... It made me chuckle because this Helen Mayo, who uh-huh. we think is going to be a huge presence throughout the novel, yeah. he goes out for a morning walk 
and he looks across the road and she's looking out the window at him. And while he's looking back, a helicopter crashes into a house and kills her immediately. <laughs> he just happened on that by accident. Though. That's not an intentionally funny moment, I don't think. For sure. <laughs> no. I think he just sort of went to his weird mind palace of nonsense that he thinks happens in the real world and was like, probably this now. <laughs> probably this. Um, the standard helicopter crashed loudly. It's followed by... Um, a section where there's a reporter. Uh-huh. Now, again, a this is... one. Uh, yes, a, a, a TV news reporter. Okay. This is another perfect example of you need to be more clearly making a better point mm. if you're going to do jokes like this. Um, so they're, they're, they're talking to camera. Officials are not prepared with the determination that this has been an act of terrorism. The deceased pilot is burned beyond recognition. Sorry, folks. This is graphic stuff. Kids, go find your mummies. What authorities have verified is that the pilot's remains were found with a charred turban on its head. As for Helen Mayo, they did seek and find remains. Get it? Seek? Get it? No? That's all. On a beautiful sunny day. Sorry, did I say sunny? Oh I meant sunny. God. In either case, she a beauty. You've got your man in the field, Cheeky Chuck. Oh, Chuck needs shooting, doesn't he? <laughs> Chuck needs obliterating into the sun. He needs to be, needs to be absolutely atmosphered <laughs> off the godforsaken circle earth. Tied to a big rocket. I just don't... Un- How did he, out of interest, just for my benefit, did he write Seek? S-A-K-H? Oh, yeah, no, the first time he wrote it, it was as the religion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to know that he yeah, was yeah. committing to the bit. He really fully. was committing to the Which is a shame, because it's a, it's a bad bit to commit to. It is a bad bit. There's no two ways about it. Now, there's two more bits from this station before we move on. One, we mentioned in passing, because as soon as this is done, we're yeah. going to be recording a special mm. Patreon-only excerpt from this book. Patreon.com slash Shame City, is that? That's the one, yeah. yeah. And for just $5 a month, you'll get an extra episode a week. That's true. And this week, it will be uh, a little bit more of this book that's very strange in a different vein. Okay. It's I've Here's what I wrote. Yeah. To I put it in bold. Not sure if we have time to read this entire section or talk about it, but it's probably the maddest and therefore best part of the book. Ooh. It feels like the only scene he could very clearly see and at the very least wrote it honestly. Okay. Interesting. So, <clears throat> I look forward to reading that. Yeah. I mean, listening to So it. if you want to catch that and indeed want to catch a fun story about Isaac helping an old man yeah. and indeed, what was it, nearly 50 other... 50 episodes 50 of stuff, episodes yeah. of stuff that you haven't ever heard before yeah. for just $5 a month, patreon.com slash... Shame city. And while you're there, check out our, our very good video. Our very, very good vid. Now, the only other thing that I wanted to mention is is a real throwaway at the end of this uh-huh. station. station, which is the um, the phrase, Bob is 56. Now, Sean Penn, yeah. he's 60. Uh, so it can't be him. But this was written four years ago. Oh, it can't oh, be him. <laughs> that's, and weird. It is. that's very strange. Isn't that's it? a coincidence. I just wondered if that was like, yeah. Yeah. They say that like not even of... not even just close like no, he's exactly. literally the exact same age. There's, it's an alchemical process, though, isn't it? When you're transmuting one's life experience into mm-hmm. into something as complex and and yeah, tangled up and dense and fibrous as a novel. And so sometimes you you might be in this great big altered state of ideas and notions and concepts and abstract feelings that you can't even explain or grasp, and then you. Uh, come out of it and you look down and you've just written about your horrible racist nasty <laughs> wife being self allegedly can't do this for it wow that's and does that happen does that happen I hear more often happens. than I've heard it's happened I'd before. hate for that to happen that's why I've never tried writing until I find out <laughs> kind of monster lives in my head oh dear you haven't listened to this pod, have you? <laughs> um, we're moving on now to our penultimate 
uh, station. Okay, let's make it brief because I'm going to cry in a second. I know, I know. Don't worry. This one is called Insect Homicide 2016. Mm. Um, it includes. Is it a yearly event? Is this like a yeah. festival? Is like Burning <laughs> I, Man? I actually don't know why it's called that. Like all the others, I found what he what he means, but oh. this one, I, I just I do not know. It's a little puzzle element to the book. Yeah, I suppose so. Joyous. Um, this includes another beautiful phrase, like it 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 captures something that we've been talking about for a while, uh-huh. which is about the way that writing in a in a kind of like faux like an affected mm-hmm. um, voice that's supposedly kind of like posher or yeah. fancy than yours doesn't mean it's good. But also something I'm sure that we both agree, which is that allusions to other literary pieces especially like classics yeah. does not make your writing good oh, does, and it does it not make it clever and it does not make it effective just, take a note on that. just if you yeah if so you want to pop that but they do it in family guy though so no no i i like references to other i'm not even talking about that i mean like you know how like ulysses is yeah. very good because he talked about all the other things that yeah. were written beforehand uh-huh. but that it's not that's not actually you can't just do that Oh, yeah, you okay. can't just do that. Um, because it's not a replacement for your own good writing. That's, I think that that's probably the pithy way the of, of saying it. Yeah, it's not a replacement for good writing. And mm. you've, well, got, you to, something every you've day. got to pick and choose. Like, you can, don't get me wrong, you can use them. Yeah, because it's funny if people know, right? Yeah. Like, sometimes just I'm not talking a about, memory. I'm not talking be. about for fun. Uh, I'm not about funny. I'm just talking about, like, for your writing in general. Uh-huh. For, like, powerful writing. Uh-huh. So you um, can't just be like we had a big argument now. It was just like that bit in... Like Cleopatra did. (laughs) Yeah, you can't. And and I think that this, more than anything, is is proof of someone who doesn't read. Yeah. Um... Because should, we, should we start the theory that Sean Penn can't read? <laughs> I think I'd like to be responsible <laughs> yeah, for being fine. a Sean Penn truther. <laughs> he cannot just, read. Just every so often, like slip that into conversation. He does. <laughs> he does a big thing about advertising again. That a big rant about this it. Boring book. And then, and then he tr- literally trails off with an ellipsis, and then says, "Advertising." Full stop. <laughs> Bob's albatross. <laughs> Bob's Moby Dick brackets the big whale. Brackets, novel, brackets metaphor Dick. for obsession. <laughs> it's just so bad. Advertising, Advertising. full stop. Just like the green it's light so, at the end it's of so the like speech. unintentionally bathetic. Like it's supposed to be so profound and therefore it just falls completely flat. Imagine finding yourself having just written the sentence Advertising, <laughs> full stop. <laughs> what comes next? So well, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's a very, very like sixth form kind of approach to being like, I've got a subtly slip that theme yeah, back in. Yeah, don't know if anyone... Just I was talking about adverts, but maybe... <laughs> Our advertising, chuckle Bob, <laughs> Our thinking about mistress. it. <laughs> Getting older in America is tough on a woman. Seeing what she'll do to avoid it is tough on a man. Oh, this is... That literally is... I hate the problems, but the causes are very yeah. good. That's like, I hate women, but also I hate myself. I hate myself. <laughs> It also has a kind of like that, like it's like a really shit centrist dad version of like, haha, don't you're yeah. so pretty, like, <laughs> don't unless. <laughs> um, then, um, he he has a like 
he thinks about that because clearly his wife has had some sort of cosmetic surgery. He like bumps into his her wife driving her ice cream seen. van. Oh god, that must have been um, traumatic for Bob. They don't really talk, but she drives away. And then his, this is this is so far the most the most unnecessarily and infuriatingly thesaurus phrase oh, no. in the whole thing. As she accelerates away, Bob feels incommodiously uninebriated. I don't know what that means. It means like incommodiously, inconveniently, mm, like being like a commodity, mm. like accommodation related to yeah. that sort of route. Incommodiously uninebriated. What it means is he wishes he were drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. uh That's. I just want to. I just want to draw our, our attention way back to the beginning, if I can. Go on. Um, to the the quotation on the page that says part one, which was one day I will find the right words and they will be simple. Jack Kerouac. Because ah, there's that yeah. whole school, doesn't it, with the beat poets they, about like, simplicity yeah. of language. And it seems like, it seems like Sean thought of that and then sustained some kind of massive brain failure that meant that he forgot the whole thing and did the opposite. Maybe it's a comment though. God, you're no, right. It's not. No, it's it, not. No, it no, could it's be. Not. It's not. Could be. I might latch on to that. Okay. Now, this this chapter here, final one, sorry, station, mm-hmm. final one in part one, station nine, um, is about him remembering a time that he did this big pyrotechnic show for some sort of Bolivian general. Right. I don't know. Any reason or no? Uh, he just does that. He does that. Oh, he just does that's that. One of the he just, does, he that, just do stuff. That's the one of the things that uh-huh. he just do. It's very convenient if you want a character to do a lot of shit that there's no reason for anything. No. Just <laughs> like, and good. sometimes he does this and sometimes he does that. If you had to sum it up, you'd say he just do stuff. Yeah, he just, he just fucking do stuff. Um, and then he decides to get a boat all the way back from the, from from there back bar. home up to the that's California coast. But just a little barge, just him it's and do like some diving on the way back. And uh, on like one on page seventy five, uh-huh. um, basically he'd alluded. In case to, you're reading along at home, <laughs> check your annotated. Version. He'd alluded to um, earlier in this station a wanted poster when uh-huh. he was in Bolivia of a, a New York uh, Jewish American man who had escaped from prison. Okay, um, and then on page seventy five, he just uh, turns up in the middle of the sea. That's on. On his boat. So it seems like all the other characters just do stuff as well. They're to, all... To sort of further a lazily it thrown could together be called plot. Everybody just do stuff. <laughs> it really should. It should just be called doing stuff. Now, um, this character is called Fischl. Okay. Um, and what? why was he wanted? Uh, for some trumped up charges. Oh, no. I fucking hate those. Related to finance. Oh, no. Um, That's unfortunate. Now, and is he explicitly... Oh, Okay, is explicitly. Oh boy. Wow, your face is telling me oh a whole story of explicit boy. anti-Semitism. Now, I had a little look up because I assumed that this could be the case. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wrote here, just as an NB, yeah. <laughs> uh, his per, his paternal grandparents, Sean Penns, this is, yeah. were Jewish, but he was raised secular. Okay. <clears throat> just have a little look. I, I'm just going to ask for your instant opinion yeah he says he turned to see a frantic water-drenched jew pointing bob's own spear gun directly at bob where is he and then in the middle of the sea on this boat and then just read from there onwards and tell me what you out loud or no Uh, oh i wouldn't just tell me what you think about what you see i think i mm, i think i've witnessed something i have to report (laughs) (laughs) you have to report as what as a great big sort of a race crime oh no Would you like to explain what the race crime is? I'd prefer not to. Basically, what's happened is that Sean has written um, Fischl's accent phonetically as offensively as possible. He couldn't have put more consonants. The word you is spelled D-J-U. Yeah. Juvid cartel, he says. Yep. 
He sure did. What is there to say about that? There's nothing. Like, <laughs> it's just a great. What it's is it's there a great to way to end that? part one because it's like bottomed out. In a big way. <laughs> really, it's like, like all it's the promise really... that I felt at the beginning, which I'll, I'll go on record as saying was none, has <laughs> even that managed to disintegrate into less than dust. He says. He says at the bottom of the next page about how they they sort of teamed up uh-huh. and were sailing this barge up the coast together. Yeah. He says, though a non-swimmer. This dog paddling Jew offered courage to the sea. You offered courage to the sea? To the sea. Did the sea need it particularly? It was Don't feeling so. down on its luck. Don't think so. Mm, he does love to use the word Jew very he pointedly. very does, doesn't he? It's an unfortunate um, choice. Uh, a week into their journey, and well into the international waters off Cabo San Lucas, uh, Fischl napped away his Shabbat for Moses as Bob, in his scuba gear, explored the ocean's depths and listened to the, his heart's proof of life. One of your favourite activities. Love, love hearing that. He does some scuba diving. Cool. He comes back up to the surface. Any coral references here um, to tie that back together? Maybe no. Maybe less useless? Okay, no. No. Um, he looks up and he sees that there's a boat approaching, a much bigger boat. And he's uh-huh. like, oh God, oh no, it's the authorities come to get my, my pal. Uh-huh. So he swims up and uh, when he gets out, instead actually, it's a huge yacht playing Mexican techno music. Oh yeah. Uh, and in this otherworldly wall of mercurial sound did Bob find Fischl dirty dancing atop the barge with a gyrating and bikini-clad curiosity of cryptozoology. What? That's just super, <laughs> super racist. Unless he literally means that there was Bigfoot in a bikini on this yacht. I mean, no. What he means is there was a woman dressed up in what he says as a chimera-esque Outfit. What does that mean? Well, I don't know. And this is this is the point, is that when I read that, I thought like, oh, I wonder what that means. And it doesn't take very long for him to say what it means. Like, it means chimera-esque. That's, but then it doesn't, more but it doesn't mean it anything. It, it renders it even more unnecessary. It turns out that the chimera is maybe the brand of the tequila, which oh. is called Tequila Mockingbird. Fuck off. Which the Shit. drug lord on this ship is drinking. Yeah. Um, but there is really no more reason. And <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to have to read this one out. I'm afraid <sighs> this line officials just, I'm not going to put the accent on. That's advisable. I'm just going to Good read. Choice. I'm just going to read phonetically what he's written. Uh-huh. They, cli- they've climbed up onto the boat and they're saying to Bob to come back, uh, come up onto it as well. Fischl said to him, Bobby boy, glab your shelf. A senor vita, it's fiesta time. <laughs> and then Bob remarks to himself, so much for Shabbat. Wow. <laughs> we'll be back next time on Bob Honey's Racist Barge. The only two other things that I thought, or three other things very quickly for this uh-huh. bit. Um, basically, they have dinner with this uh, drug lord who is a dwarf. Right. Um, then the Mexican authorities turn up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spoilers. drug lord. The drug lord jumps into a mini sub and heads off under the sea. This is in the space of these pages, by the yeah. way. Um, uh, they get onto their little boat mm-hmm. and they start speeding away. And the awful chimera what says, "She sharted agave shimmering spirits and shifted ship faced overboard, landing boozy, bird glass bleeding feet first into a shiver of fifty frenzied sharks." Brackets. Whoa. Adios, amiga. 
fucking hell, Sean. <laughs> like, we know you hate women, them, but, but the first one you've introduced in 50 pages, and she dressed as a she, monster. She dressed as a monster and, and ended by shitting killed. herself and jumping and into the sea from shark. to be to be eaten. Well, he gets he gets picked up on his return by the American Coast Guard authorities, interviewed. It, like because he has the most suspicious passport of all time, uh-huh. having been to everywhere. Where apparently at every point that he was in one of these countries, it's linked to suspicious American activity in those countries. Weird. Uh, but then he finds Bob too annoying, so he lets him go. Cool. He asks him a question on the way out, and Bob doesn't answer. And so the guy says, "Yo, clock face." Why? Don't know. No, there is okay. no reason why. And this section ends with this sentence um he's like oh why do you want to wait for your pal the jewish guy and he's like no i think he's everyone's friend and in good hands with you he'll understand if i go spiritual people do said bob with that he absquatulated <laughs> that's a big cockwomble energy isn't it that big really, chuck wendy really energy is. and that is where we end well, the first part. I've not enjoyed honey. it. I'll be <laughs> honest, and I'm not stuff. excited to to explore more. Uh, it sort of saddens me that there's more book for us to learn about, but an admirable effort clawing uh, our way through it. We can we like it is almost exactly halfway through the book. Uh-huh. Now that we've set a lot of the precedents, yeah, I'll make sure that we now only need to hear some of the like the real the key highlights. moments. My, I had just four key takeaways okay. from from this. Um, the writing is very bad. Like it it's is. really very the you. constant alliteration. It's unnecessarily grandiloquent. The structure does not exist. Not sure he's really heard of characters. Doesn't need any. Um, the book uh, is disgusting. <laughs> In I'm many like, ways, I'm like very far. From a prude, uh-huh. <laughs> but this is awful. <laughs> uh, he, I I even wrote, and you called it earlier, huge bad sex in fiction awards energy all yeah. over the gaff. What is the obsessions with bogies and shit? Mm, um, wonders. Why do men think talking so boringly and creepily about naked women makes them clever and cool? Don't forget mm, cool and cool. Um, the book uh, is offensive. Yeah, it's offensive. <laughs> that much has really it's been cemented to women. Uh, it's offensive. To Jewish people. For sure. It's offensive to people of colour. Yeah. It's offensive to people who are not paedophiles. <laughs> and it's offensive to the very concept of a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the final one I put here, possibly unfair, maybe it's up to you and the listeners to decide. The book doesn't mean anything. Mm. It thinks it's saying something I about say advertising what? and media. It hasn't mentioned that it in a long time. It isn't saying anything about advertising and media. And as that woman fell off the boat into the sharks, I thought, adverts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're like. My albatross well, yeah, and she hers. was an advertising mascot. Goodness. But isn't, isn't the point that the adverts are very powerful and not shitting themselves and getting no. eaten? Oh, What's sorry. more powerful than, than, than <laughs> shitting Shit-covered shark death. I'm doing it again. Yeah. Um, I think this basically sums up this line I wrote, which is that none of his good politics appear. All his bad ones do. Leads you to wonder if he does actually have any good ones or if they're all a great big myth. Wow. Or a sort of accident. And he can't read. Stumbled <laughs> and, have you heard that? And he's Sean illiterate as hell. really odd. Well, look. Good work. Um, we will be back with part two of this. If you're on the Patreon... 
then uh, I recommend for your own mental health, take a little break. Just a little break. <laughs> and maybe we'll put out the bonus one, not this Wednesday, the one after maybe. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> um, until then, we've got a few social media plugs, including the one that I'll mention and you can do the rest, is that we've got an email address, which is tas, T-A-S at shame.city. If you'd like to sh- share, is the word I'm going for, some of your thoughts on uh, the text, which is how we refer to it now in, in That's a Shame canon, just the text, capital T, capital T, <laughs> then feel free to do so. What else do we have that people can do and get involved with? They can get involved with our Twitter, we mentioned earlier, at Shame City Gang. Yeah. I believe you changed the Instagram to that as well. I may have We don't have a post Who there, knows? but you can you can go and look at a very good picture of the Thought Park car park that we took years. Yeah. Oh no, the Orton Towers one is, isn't yeah. it? Um, you can get involved as well in the Patreon. Now, oh, the Patreon's big. We mentioned it earlier. Um, there's a very good video. We finally capitulated after three years and replaced the old video that was for something completely different. Not even slightly related. Um, so we've uh, we've done that now. It's If I say so, yeah. it's very enjoyable. It's quite fun. Isn't we've it? had some very nice feedback. Mm, we've been told true. we're both sexy. That's good. I love to hear that. If um, you'd like to... I'm at Isaac BD. If you'd like to just... <laughs> uh, my ego is quite small and it always... If you're on Tinder, just it. set your location to <laughs> Colindale and swipe through on him. Um, also, we do... It's there's like three tiers, but five dollars, as we yeah. said, it gets, gets you, you everything, everything including you there's some. If you're someone who's interested in how we made that video, I can't imagine why you would be, but I may, I feel like I'd be if I saw yeah. it because it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> then we posted the unedited uh footage, which was like 12 and a half minutes of us making it. That makes it sound like it took 12 and a half minutes to make <laughs> it, took a few hours, but the 12 and a half, we're not that take, good, yeah. Um, but yeah, every week. There's going to be a new episode, yeah. a bonus and episode they, for you. They're good now. They are good now, yeah. And there, and as we the said, there's loads of previous too. stuff on there as well. But you'll now either get definitely a quick fire that because we waffle end up being basically yeah. half an hour anyway, or like a full bonus episode every every Wednesday. Wednesday. That's, that's pretty hot. That's very good. That's the main ones, isn't it? Shame dot city. Please leave us a review. Check all the show notes for links to everything else. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Until next week, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. Don't be doing stuff. Don't. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strides. I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Wherever I roam I couldn't be fonder Of my big home The bees are Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you
the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I, wander, wherever I roam, wherever I, I could be fonder, be fonder my, new home. my new home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Come to you.